following podcast is a Jill Divine Media production. Before we get into this week's episode, I would like to talk to you about Zencaster because you wouldn't be able to listen to this episode if it wasn't for Zencaster. I use Zencaster to record all of my episodes, and I use Zencaster to edit my episodes, and I use Zencaster to distribute the episodes so that you can hear exactly what I'm recording and you can hear the different guests that I have available for you. And I just want to make sure that you know that if podcasting is something that you want to do and you just think that it's not within your reach, it actually is with Zencaster because they have made it so easy to just hit record and to edit and to distribute. I mean, it really is something that you should check out. So whether you're new to the podcasting game or you've been podcasting for a while, but you need an easier solution to editing and recording and distribution, Zencaster, that's the way to go. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code, two kids and a career, and you'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. And speaking of stories, let's get into this week's conversation. Some women get um, the postpartum depression, and that is also still something that's being tabooed. And oh, let's not talk about it. Let's pretend everything is fine. Well, it's not, and it's normal. It's crazy hormones that you have no control over. You have this newborn that you have no idea how to handle. I was not around babies before. For me, I was afraid I was going to break my baby. Like, how do I hold her? That's why the first two weeks, if I didn't have to drive anywhere with her, like the doctor's appointment, I I just swaddled her. (laughs) This episode of Two Kids and a Career is brought to you by Elemental Aesthetics. You can be guaranteed that your experience is going to be unique and customized to your specific needs. See how they can help you focus on natural beauty enhancements by visiting ElementalAesthetics.com. Hi there, and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. Welcome to this week's episode of Two Kids and a Career. I'm Jill Devine, and my guest this week is not from the United States originally and is a parent and has written a book. And I have lots of questions for her. So let me first introduce Anne Kristen Viegas. Did I say your last name right? Yep, that's perfect. Oh, Thank you very yay. much. <laughs> <laughs> Already off to a good start. Well, Anne, thank you so much for being here. You are originally from Germany. So talk to me about that and when you ended up coming to the United States and why. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I was so excited when I read the um, you know, the initially the title two kids and a career because mm. I feel like that's me. I have two kids and I have a career and I wrote a book. Yes. 
But yeah, yes, as you said, I'm originally from Germany, born and grown up there, spent my first 29 years there. I met my husband out there. He is actually American. He was in the in the army. He was stationed out there. We met super young. I mean, fresh out of high school, pretty much. And we've been together ever since. But um, initially then decided to stay in Germany, did our universities there and started my career there. And then it came to a point where where I was working. I worked for Procter & Gamble at that mm-hmm. time as a process engineer. And it was the beauty sector, and that was sold off to Coty. And then I was like, okay, well, I applied for Procter & Gamble, not for Coty. <laughs> and then my husband got a job offer in the U.S. that was one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities and we couldn't pass up on that and then we said okay well I'm open for an adventure let's go over to the U.S. and then we came here in 2017 so yeah five and a half years I've been here now <laughs> and I yeah, actually just very had long. my yeah and I actually just had my first American birthday because I have uh, I did receive my citizenship last year in October Oh, congratulations. Um, yeah, thank you. And yeah, came here. It took me a little bit. Uh, it was difficult for me to find work here initially because a German university degree is not always accepted everywhere. And But did find employment and um, eventually got pregnant, had a baby, took a little bit of a break, and then went back to work and then had another baby while I was there. And just took off the three months of maternity leave and stayed with the company, was able to work part time a little bit. Um, and once my second daughter went to daycare, went back to full time work. And in that time also wrote a book. And now we're wow. here. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty busy. <laughs> yes, I'm tired. Okay, so, yeah, I was going to say I'd be tired, too. Uh, where do you live? We live in Northern Virginia, in Alexandria. That's about 25 minutes south of Washington, D.C. Okay. And then do you get to go to Germany any time to frequent to see family or, you know, yay, nay? We tried to. And initially, when we came out here, I said, I have to go back once a year um, because for me, not seeing my family is is tough. Um, We're very close. So... We said, yep, that's fine. Initially, it was even twice a year. During the pandemic, unfortunately, I did not see my family for quite some time because I wasn't allowed to go to Germany. They weren't allowed to come here, especially yeah. when my um, second daughter was born. The U.S. still did not allow Europeans back into the country. So, you know, we had planned for my mom to come over, help out a little bit, at least for moral support, I guess. And, right. Yeah, she, could, she could not come over. That was a break, but then right afterwards, we went back to Germany. Good. Well, I'm glad that you were able to finally reconnect and that it is still an option now. So you said you have two daughters, correct? And they're pretty young. Yes. So one is 15, 16 months old, and the other one is three. I can definitely relate. I have a six-year-old and a soon-to-be four-year-old, and it is so rewarding but so challenging at the same time. Now, I want to ask – I always ask this to everyone I know, but for you, have you seen with your two girls 
how completely different they are or are they similar? No, they're very different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it already starts with just the sleeping pattern, right? My first yes. one was a natural sleeper, but not a good eater. My second one was a natural eater, not a good sleeper. And I think it also plays into the first one initially gets all the attention. And then the second yeah. one comes along and the, the second one never even experiences. I get all the attention all the time. So she already knows that she has to fight for many things. You know, at that age, they take away, they have so many toys, they have so many books, but one picks up one specific book, the other one has to have the same exact book. And the little one sometimes just wins those fights because she grew up having to defend herself and defend everything for herself. So I think the first one is also a little bit like more like nicer and sweet and taking yeah. care of the little sister. And the little one is just like a bully. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. It, I mean, I don't know why it shocks me. I always joke around and say, I remember one time it was over the summer and the girls were doing swim lessons with this young woman. And I said, isn't it amazing how different these two individuals can be that have the exact same DNA. I mean, you know, pretty close, but anyway, same parents, but we are different parents to them based on their behavior. But it's just so intriguing to me how I, both of them were in, inside me, they grew inside me and they're so completely different. And I know that that's so normal, but it just still blows my mind that I can sit and look at them on the couch and be like, holy cow, you both give me a run for my money in totally different ways. It's just mind-blowing. It is. It's incredible. It is. Yeah, it is incredible. And here's the thing. It is okay to talk about how it's hard and how it's also incredible in the same breath. I think sometimes, at least for me, I get into this situation at and think, okay, if I say anything negative, then I'm not appreciative. But that's not what it is. It's not negative talk. It's honest talk. And so I really do try to embrace that with individuals like, hey, don't suppress your feelings and your emotions because then it's just going to bubble up and not be good. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, with that whole appreciation thing, you know, for, for myself, it was very hard to get pregnant and to have children. So I was extremely appreciative of even being able to have a child. So I think I was always a little bit more mature about taking on these like sleepless nights and this frustration because I always told myself, Hey, you know, it could be worse. It could be that I keep trying and I cannot have a child. So I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to make the best out of it. But even for me, it's, I I always say it's the best thing I could ever ask for. And it is the most difficult and frustrating thing I've ever done. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I do understand that it can be different for individuals who have had trouble conceiving. I don't know what it's like to have loss. I've never had a miscarriage. I could definitely understand the perspective that you have would definitely change because of those losses. And I just, 
I don't want to bring up hurt and pain for you, but I think it is important for people like me to hear your perspective on that and and maybe something, a piece of advice that you have when it comes to experiencing loss and then seeing what you have in front of you. Do you mind speaking on that for a little bit? Well, not at all, because it actually bothers me how much of a taboo this still is. <clears throat> you said you've never experienced one. I would actually almost challenge that. I've read that every woman is pregnant about 20 something times in her life. What? It's just you don't, yeah, it's just you don't even notice because you might just get pregnant and then it just won't survive and it comes out pretty much to your period with your period and you just never would have known that you were pregnant. So oh. that being said, <clears throat> um, for me, you know, we started trying for over a year, nothing happened. And this is mentally very challenging for a young, healthy woman that you cannot get pregnant, even though you really want that. You know, we had been married. Um, we had before we got married, we were dating for six years. We got married in 2011. We, you know, we said, OK, before we have children, we want to finish with university, start the career. So done all that. And it was just 2013 was the time when we said, okay, yeah, let's start thinking about having children. 2014, we started to actively try and just nothing happened. And it's so frustrating when you know, hey, like I've done everything that I should to set us up for success in that sense, right? Mm -hmm. And we really want children and nothing happens. And people around you were just like, oh yeah, we're, we're trying for a baby first month. Oh yeah, I'm pregnant, whatever. And you, you just start questioning yourself as a woman, especially like, hey, because, you know, you take that step back, like this is really what I'm supposed to do is have children, right? And um, nothing happens. So after a year, finally get pregnant. After, in the sixth week, I had a miscarriage. And we had told some of the family already that I was pregnant because we were just so, so happy and excited that it finally happened. And it was even harder to go back to my mom who was excited to, you know, about her first grandchild and tell her, Hey, like this happened and you're not going to be a grandmom just yet, right. you know, and yeah. going back to everyone because then those emotions come back up. And I was shocked also with friends, like very close friends and family that said, Hey, I'm very sorry to hear that. I actually went through the same. And that's when I learned that one of my sister-in-laws actually lost a baby after five months, which that has to be even, that has to be yeah. super challenging because you already feel the baby, you have a connection versus in the sixth week, you don't feel anything. So that, that was a tough one for me, but I got over it eventually and started trying again. After a while, I got pregnant again. And then we had already said, we're not telling anyone until 12 weeks, um, same thing happened in the sixth week. I had a miscarriage um, and then moved to the U.S. shortly after got pregnant again and nothing happened. So I was like, oh, this is, this is nice. This is probably going to work out this time. And at 10 weeks, I had my first appointment and they told me, yeah, sorry, there's no heartbeat. The fetus only grew until seven weeks. Oh. I guess they're called like silent miscarriages. So they gave me a pill to take and pretty much so that it starts like a miscarriage, right? That you start bleeding and cramping and all that. So 
it was tough again, but at the same time, it was just like, okay, well, I've had two, and it, it was just not meant to be, uh, because otherwise my ba- my body would have said, yeah, we're keeping the baby, and we're bringing the baby out, but, you know, nature takes care of itself in that sense, yeah. and, and th- at least that's what I tried telling myself just to feel better about it. Every single time you have a miscarriage, it hurts. Uh, the first one, I think, might be the most difficult one to go through because at least with the next ones, you know, okay, I've, I've done this before. I'm going to be okay. Um, but yeah. And then we tried uh, four rounds of IUIs and none of those worked. And then the next step was to do IVF. But I told my husband, I just need a little bit of a break. You take so many hormones. It's such a toll on the body. Yeah. And um just give me a little bit of a break, like a month or two without any hormones, then we can start with the IVF. And then I got like super sick. I had a bad flu. I was feeling really sick, but then, you know, still had our fun. And then I got pregnant and then I had a baby. Were you terrified though? Like when you knew you were pregnant, were you waiting every single week or how did you mentally even just keep going. And that's another thing. You get robbed of a beautiful time, right? Yeah. So every, every time I went to the restroom to go pee, I checked my toilet paper yep. every single time to check is there blood on it or not, because that's how afraid you are. Once I got to the 12 weeks, I got a little bit more relaxed, but I was never sure. And then we said, okay, let's wait for the 20 weeks appointment that uh, the growth scan that everything is fine there. Everything looked good. Okay. But then let's wait until uh, if anything happens, you know, you have you, I don't remember which week it is where you hit that threshold. If anything happens, they have to do a C-section and then baby still survives. And then I was a little bit more relaxed. And I think then I was able to really say, okay, I think I am really having a baby. I'm going to hit pause on this week's conversation to talk to you about Elemental Aesthetics. You can see all of their December specials right now at ElementalAesthetics.com. They are all about helping you. I mean, the holidays, we are in the midst of the hustle and bustle. Am I right? I know I am. I'm like, uh, I can't believe that Christmas is X amount of days away. And I feel like I have so much to do, but I've already been doing a ton and I'm worn out. (laughs) Well, at Elemental Aesthetics, they can help with that. Something I want to bring up, their wellness shots. And I think that this is good now and also, well, throughout the entire year, but especially now and right after the first of the year, because we are getting fatigued and we are feeling stress and they have all kinds of different options when it comes to wellness shots. Also, you deserve a little me time. Get yourself a facial, get yourself a massage. And I would like to also bring up to you that Laura, she is the functional medicine nurse practitioner at Elemental Aesthetics. She was actually on the podcast to talk about what she does, but she offers some great advice and some great programs with detoxing and making sure that all of your levels are level and making sure that you feel your best. You can learn more about Laura. You can learn more about Elemental Aesthetics and their December specials right now by going to elementalaesthetics.com. All right, let's get back into this week's conversation. Yeah, that's that's difficult. I mean, even me not experiencing actual miscarriages that I knew or know of, 
I still did the same thing when I was pregnant because I was what they considered advanced maternal age. So every single time, yeah, I would go to the bathroom and be like, okay, is there, am I bleeding? Am I not bleeding? And it did, it it, it would stress me out that I was stressed out (laughs) because then I thought, (laughs) okay, this is going to affect the baby. And it is a, oh man, that mental game is just so difficult. Now, fast forward to your next baby. Did no complications at all with, with baby number two? No. So I was breastfeeding my first one. I said, I want to breastfeed for a year. Um, obviously, <laughs> I'm not the most fertile woman. So I figured or we figured out in between. Um, yep. If I'm still breastfeeding, I'm not ovulating. I'm not getting pregnant um, because at a certain time we said, okay, well, we won't protect anymore. If it happens right away, great. That's fine. Nothing happened, of course. I stopped breastfeeding the month after I got pregnant again. Okay, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) But now, but now with the second one, I also breastfed for a year and we said, okay, well, we're still up for a third one, you know, same game plan. I stopped breastfeeding, maybe right away I get pregnant again. Nope, not happening. Oh, okay. So you (laughs) have experienced another miscarriage after the birth of both your baby girls. No, it's not a miscarriage, but I'm just not getting pregnant right now, right away. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. You are actively trying for Mm, a third. Correct. Yeah. You've learned though that things happen when they're supposed to happen. And I believe, yeah, I believe that that third, yeah, I can't, I can't say any predictions or any words of encouragement except for just, you know, because you just said it a little bit ago, if it's time or if it is able, then it'll happen. Exactly. So we'll wait and see. And it's, of course, less stress now because we already have two children. Right. If it takes a little bit longer, so be it. In the midst of all of this, you, like you said, have two little girls, you have a career, and you decide to write a book. <laughs> and <laughs> that alone, I'm like, yes, come on the podcast because you are a superstar uh, doing all this stuff. But the book is Becoming a Parent, a reality check on pregnancy, birth, and baby's first year. And I want to read the dedication real fast, though, because this is just, I think every mom can understand this. But your dedication is, it says this, I dedicate this book to my family, my wonderful husband, and my two amazing daughters with a future third child in mind. You have made me a better person, given me more self-confidence, and maxed out my patience. (laughs) Without (laughs) you, my life would not be complete. I would not know the true joy of being a mother, and I would have fewer wrinkles. I love you with all my heart. Thank you for everything. It's like, yes, I totally get it. I understand. Um, I think for me, I love all the resources. I love having books. I love having podcasts to listen to. I love reading blogs. It just seems so practical to write a book like this, but nobody really probably does a practical book like this because they don't have time, except for Anne. Anne (laughs) made it happen. Um, Yeah. Tell me about that because who just has 
two little ones and a career and says, I can sit down and write this book. It was actually my husband kind of joking around. Honestly, this book came out of so much frustration, just seeing new moms around me. I I was able to do centering for both of my pregnancies, which is a group of women, like eight to 10 women, um, all pregnant at the same time. So knowing that within the same birth month, everybody's going to have the baby more or less. So that way you have a network, because <clears throat> especially as a first time mom, there's so many things that you have no idea about. Even if you think you know, no, you don't. And I've met so many women who I figured out they have the same struggles than me or like others that I just don't understand, right? For my first pregnancy, I'm the type of person I want to be informed. I'm going to try to find out everything so I'm prepared for all all eventualities that I'm aware of, right? So it took me forever to find certain type of information. So for me, it was already frustrating that there's nothing in just one spot. I mean, there's other books, but maybe they're more about just the medical aspects and not so much like a quick read where I just get a real life input, real life view on what's really going to happen and how things can go. And then, you know, my neighbor across the street, she had a baby shortly after I had my second one and she was really struggling with the breastfeeding. And we talked in the street with two other friends and they were like, yeah, well then just stop breastfeeding. I mean, you already breastfed him two months. If it's such a struggle then stop, get formula. It's so much easier anyway, but that's not what she wanted. So I was like, no, maybe we can just work on pumping and increasing your milk supply a little bit. And, you know, it worked out for her. Um, she increased her milk supply. She was able to breastfeed better. And so I was like, okay, that's great. But she was not the type of person to go online and find out how can I increase my milk supply. Mm-hmm. Um, she went to the doctor. The doctor told her, yeah, pump about 20 minutes. And she kept doing that the whole time, even though a baby needs more milk over time, right? So she didn't have enough for him. So we were able to get the milk supply up. Another friend, she had a baby two days after I had my second one. And she said, okay, it's time to start solids. She is Chinese. Uh, Her husband is American. And she wanted to cook the food herself, which I think is great. Um, I do the same thing. So, you know, she told me, she came back to me and said, hey, I don't even know where to start. And when I went over to other family's house they were like yeah just don't worry about it that's too much work just get the 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 rice cereal that you can do in the beginning and then just get the glasses so much mm-hmm. easier it's mm-hmm. like no that's not what she wants uh, she right she wants to purposely go the harder route with you know it's a lot more work it's might be more money sometimes that you spend because of all these specific ingredients that you're looking for um Especially if but you have a different. But that's what she wanted. Program. Exactly. So then, why can you not support her with doing that? Why do you always try to convince them to stop doing what they actually want to do and just go an easy route that everybody's talking about? So I got so frustrated, and then my husband was like, "Yeah, just write a book about it." And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm so angry about this. I'm going to write a book about it, and I never even wanted to write a book in the first place. But then I committed to that and I told him, okay, that means for the next six months, that was my goal. I want to get this done in six months for the next six months. That means you probably have to do the chores at night because with two little children and a career, you don't have time during the day. So it's Mm going to be in the evening when the girls are in bed, you know, usually 
couple's time as well. Um, that's when we do the household, wash the dishes, all that, prep for the next day. And on the weekends when the girls nap, they have their afternoon nap, then I told him, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to do the shopping during that time because I have to write. And he was like, yep, we'll commit to that for the six weeks, uh, six months, I mean, and that's it. So he was super supportive. Without him, I would have not been able to do that. He took care of all these things for the six months. And of course, I mean, sometimes I was just like, I, I cannot write today. I have too much on my mind. It's not going to go well if I write. So I'll take over the dishes. Um, but yeah, and you just make it work out. <laughs> and the thing that is so awesome about this is you are not trying to be an expert. You're not trying to be a doctor. You're not trying to do anything except for share your story. And the thing that I thought about when looking at this book, especially the labor and delivery chapter, everybody's situation is different. And there is no cookie cutter answer when it comes to being pregnant, to labor and delivery, to even being a parent. However, it's not a bad thing to always have a resource available to see something that somebody else has gone through because you never know. You never know. There might be that 1% chance that what you went through I end up going through and I had that as a resource. So that's what I kind of, I, I really appreciate about with this book and that it is just you being a mom and saying, here's what I've experienced. I'm just here to let you know that. Exactly. And that it is okay because there's yes. a lot of stuff in there. Like I struggled with breastfeeding with my first one. I struggled with the sleeping with my second one. Everybody gets the baby blues. Some women get um, the postpartum depression. And that is also still something that's being tabooed. And, oh, let's not talk about it. Let's pretend everything is fine. Well, it's not. And it's normal. It's crazy hormones that you have no control over. You have this newborn that you have no idea how to handle. I was not around babies before for me I was afraid I was going to break my baby like how do I hold her that's why the first two weeks if I didn't have to drive anywhere with her like the doctor's appointment I I just swaddled her because <laughs> I was yeah. afraid I'm going to break her arm or dislocate her her shoulder with putting her in these tiny clothes just because I didn't feel comfortable and it and that's okay like you are not expected to give birth and be a perfect parent. I think what's important though, is that you have your partner involved and none of you is an expert in this. So give your partner the opportunity to step up and do things their way and not start criticizing because that's what I sometimes hear from the partners. Like, yep, no, I'm not doing that because when I do it, it's not the partner's way. And then, you know, there's fights and, yeah, so they rather, I know it sounds bad, but sometimes appease the beast, right? If you are super hormonal and you have nothing under control, you can come across a little bit as um, you're going to be more pushy, a little bit more, like a lot faster, irritated, things like that. And even being aware of that, I always try telling myself, hi, I, I am hormonal. I need to watch my own levels to make sure that I'm not just snapping at my husband for no reason. 
Right. But it happens. Yeah. (laughs) And that's where communication comes in. You have to make sure you're talking to your partner, to your doctor, to your friends. You've got to talk about it. Um, Another thing that with you saying with the book about letting individuals know it's okay, I just wanted to read this particular sentence because uh, it, you know, you do feel guilty. Let me read it first and then I'll explain. You said, truth be told, going to work is way easier than raising a baby and sadly not always appreciated as such. Sometimes there are days when I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to go to work. I can't wait to work. I can't wait to walk away. And Sometimes you hear people say, I can't believe you just said that. We have to be real. We have to talk. We have to be able to have these conversations and not worry about saying things that are how you're feeling and how others are feeling. Because if we don't say it, then you, gosh, the the implications that can happen with mental health, it's so difficult. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy. Sometimes it was just, you know, I wasn't even talking to my husband. I had like a really bad night. And then during the day, baby was super fuzzy. Or, you know, once they start with solids, just throwing the food all over the place. So now I don't just have to clean the table. I have to clean the the floor and the walls and the ceiling as well. And, you know, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're overwhelmed. And then it's just Mm. thinking about, oh, yeah, well, my husband, at least, you know, when he's at work, he can just go to the restroom whenever he wants. Right. <laughs> it's right. like little things like that. You know, <laughs> if I have to go to the restroom, I have to bring the baby along. Or, you know, if I put her somewhere I quickly want to go, then that's going to be the phase where she has that separation anxiety. She starts howling. And then that's, you know, as a mother with that bond and the body reacts then of course right away my milk shoots in and I'm dripping everywhere stressful (laughs) so or just sometimes having a normal conversation with an adult that's not your partner and I know it sounds bad but sometimes I want to talk to someone else than just my partner because we talk about the same things right we talk about our children like how was his day how was my day but maybe just catching up with another friend who's going through the same Um, And just really just being frustrated and venting. And then Mm. I I don't need you to give me input what I need to do differently. I just need to vent and you tell me, yep, you're good. Yeah, that's all I need. (laughs) Yep. Just listen. Just listen to me. Well, and as we wrap things up, I just want to make sure that the listener knows where to get your book and where they can find you if they want to reach out and just chat, have a normal conversation with a normal mom. Yeah, of course. Um, my book right now is on Amazon. It's not only there as a normal, like a paperback and an ebook, but also as an audio book, um, because I am aware that a lot of moms do not have time to sit down and read a book. <laughs> You're smart. <laughs> so it's also available on, on all these other platforms like Apple Books, um, Spotify, wherever you get your audio books, that's where you can find it. And I did leave my email address in the book as well. So if you would like to reach out, do that via email. I am not a big social media person. 
I think I, I said on my you. Instagram. <laughs> I think I said on my Instagram account. I did like seven posts, and that's it. I'm easier to find on uh, LinkedIn as well, and I will answer. <laughs> it might not be right away because I have a lot on my plate. <laughs> yes, but you but will. I will answer yeah. <laughs> And I will have all of this information on the show notes at jilldevine.com. And it's been a pleasure to talk to you. It's been so nice to just have a normal conversation. And again, with the book, it's not anything trying to sell you anything or be an expert or anything. I mean, always obviously medical stuff, consult your doctor. It's just another mom, a fellow mom, just giving her perspective. So thank you so much for sharing that and not being scared to do that. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot putting yourself out there like that. But in the end, if it helps one single parent, it was worth it. As we wrap up this week's conversation, a reminder to check out Elemental Aesthetics by visiting elementalaesthetics.com. One thing that I would encourage you to do, schedule a free 30-minute consultation with the boss. And the boss is Jennifer Warman Bloss. And she's been on the podcast before. She is awesome. She's going to guide you into the best services for you. So this is what I do. I schedule an appointment with her. She knows that I'm going to come in and she's going to, for me personally, we work on my face and my skin because I've had um, acne issues in the past and scarring. So she'll take a look and say, okay, this is what I believe we should do. And I say, okay, go for it. She's a great resource. She's going to help you take care of you by visiting Elemental Aesthetics. Again, elementalaesthetics.com is where you can find all the information. And I just want to thank you for your support of this podcast. It really, truly means a lot to me. And by sharing it with others, that is also supporting the podcast. So if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing the podcast on the podcast platform of your choice, I'd appreciate it. You can also check out every single episode at jilldevine.com. And that's where you'll also find my social media handles. Thank you so much for your support of two kids and a career.